This is Reliving the Extreme, an ECW podcast. Nate Maxson here along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Chad Austin. What up? And this week we are reviewing the episode of ECW from March the 5th, 1996. Um, we ain't reviewing nothing. We're just talking about Sabu and Scorpio. Yeah, pretty much. This is a <laughs> this is a one-match show. Um, Chad, you haven't been able to... Uh, we had all kind of miscommunications and technological things and shit going on the past couple of weeks. And Chad was uh, unable to be here. But So I haven't got to ask you yet, I guess, just to kill a little time here. Um, you haven't been on the show since uh, CM Punk made his move, and I know you're a punk guy, so I just wanted your opinion on that. What do you think of CM Punk back in the WWE? I'm glad. I'm happy for him, man. I mean, and he's he seems happier. Like, dude, I, I've better I've made that he... comment a couple times that he seems like he's having a good time for a, a, a change, and you know, he hardly ever ever saw him smile before. <laughs> Now he's now he like he's happy to be there and he's you know it's a, it's a good environment for him. Sounds like it's like it's less stress. <coughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. What do you guys uh, think? But I, my thing well, I, is. I, oh, go ahead, Aaron. You go ahead. I was just gonna say that it is a different environment because this, um, it's not so much Vince anymore. And then also, right. sometimes you gotta go somewhere else to realize where you're at is better than what you thought it was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it might not be Vince, but he, it's still, it's, it's, his, it's still, it's, it's his, uh, his doofus son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, but like I'm saying, like he had to go somewhere else to realize, Hey, I thought this place was bad, but compared to others, like at least it's professionally ran and they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that, right. that's that's what I, that's that's how I look at it. I don't know what the hell's going on with AEW, man. My buddy that works there, man, he he's not telling me anything. He's just like he's just happy that he still has a job. You know what I mean? He's like, dude, I don't know what's going on here. You know, it's like chaos backstage, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. Like nobody knows who's in charge of anything. You know what I mean? Tony Khan's half the time not even there. He says. So I don't know what's going on. So he's just he's just happy he has a job. Yeah, well, and that's one of those things where it's like, and I'll I'll speak on punk in a second, but it's the whole thing of I know that there are people that are like older older guys in the business or old school fans that that kind of I don't know why, but they kind of malign the WWE for being what it is. But at the end of the day, it's like Scott Hall said. It's one of my favorite lines of all time. Everybody always wants to call it the wrestling business until you start treating it like a business. Yeah. And WWE is the industry leader. They're going to be, they're the NFL of wrestling, whether people like their product or not. And it's, you know, like you said, it's like you, you can go there and, and maybe you may not like your push. Maybe you may not like everybody you work with, but are you anywhere you work in any profession? You're not going to like everybody you work with. Yeah. But do At you least... like going to the mailbox every two weeks? <laughs> exactly. It's a professionally run fucking company. And even, even more so now, cause it's not even run by the people that run the WWE. I mean, I know triple H and Nick Connor running the WWE part of it, but as part of a bigger umbrella, 
you have even more confidence in your company that it's going to exist in two years, that your checks are going to clear. You're going to go to work and it's going to be a, a professional environment. Like you said, Chad, who knows what the fuck's going on backstage at AEW. It sounds like they're chasing their tail every week. Yeah, and then people posting them pictures, man, of them empty arenas. <laughs> that is, oof. That is some shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's I don't know. Too. If you can't, that's the other thing, too. Like, I looked at that, and I'm like, if you can't sell, if you if you can't sell out a 10,000-seat arena. Don't book or one. Even fill it to ha- or or ha- even fill it to half capacity, don't book it. But they're not even running uh, really 10,000-seat arenas. They're more or less running in the 5,000 capacity, and they can't even get half of that. I mean, it's it's it, it is sad when people. I I really don't like looking at that stuff when people post them pictures and all, but it does make me kind of chuckle to be like the way they kind of like run their production and make it sound like it's the big leagues and all this other stuff. And you're like, well, for who? Yeah, yeah. I the mean, if, if you think about, you know, you have you have sometimes you have to take the other strategy. It's like the the early days of Raw, like ninety four, ninety five. Vince knew business was in the shitter. They, at that point, the WWF wasn't even selling out the fucking garden, which is pathetic. But, but what he did with Raw is he essentially was like, well, you know what? Fine, then we're just going to be in like a, you know, they'd go to that fucking Fernwood Resort. They'd go to that little place in Utica. It was just like, if you if you're going to if you're not going to be able to sell out the arena, go to a smaller arena and the crowd, the crowd that's there is going to love being there. And they're going to sound good on TV. It doesn't matter that it's small. The place is going to look full. And you're not going to see empty seats. Yeah. Like they said, even when back in in the day when they do like poster shoots and shit, like like Hogan, like ripping the shirt open (laughs) with the crowd in the background, there was empty seats. They'd Photoshop fans like into (laughs) the seats because they didn't even want a picture of an empty seat. Like if somebody went up to take a shit or something, they'd just replace them with somebody. They just draw people in there like an episode of Seinfeld with the picture. <laughs> when, they, when, they, when you Photoshop this boss out of it, the dude just draw he just drew a picture of a guy. <laughs> they just have cartoon characters in the in the seats. That's what it seems like, man. It's it's pretty sad, dude. Honestly, yeah, I agree with you guys on Punk. Like to me, it was like he. Those last that last little run he had when he had left AEW, and then when he came back. God, bags under his eyes. He had like a little pop belly going. He just looked terrible. You could tell he was just so unhappy. And then he shows up on Raw and he looks so fresh, so clean, <laughs> looking good, looking happy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And to me, at his age, at this point in his career, people, you know, the people that want to be haters are like, oh, uh, give it six months. He'll be causing problems again. I think at this point, after leaving, Going through the AEW shit and coming back, and with what, maybe three years left on his career and a three-year contract, I say he's probably going to be on his best fucking behavior. He knows. Probably. probably. He's, you know, oh, the checks are going to clear. I got a nice contract. Me and Triple H made up or as well as we can. Might as well just ride it I out mean, for a few years and do what they ask you to do and, and have a nice I mean, bank. Did you, read about, did you read about the NXT stuff? No. Mm-mm. Like he went, he showed up at the training facilities or whatever because he wanted to check it out, and like publicly said, like you know, that 
once Sean's done doing this, he's like, I'd love to do what he's doing. Like, oh, he'll like always he's, yeah. He's, when 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 he's done when he's done full time in the ring, it, they'll they'll find something for him as long as he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So like he's already stating long term plans of like I I went where I went, I'm back now, and this is where I'm gonna be. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever heard him say anything about long term plans of his career? Like, I'm like planting stakes here. This is where I'm gonna be. Like he he's. Hell, yeah, not, not only, he, he's re, he's realizing what he the mistake he made, and now he's like, "This is where I need to be." This is not where only I'm did he money. not only did he never talk about long term plans. There was some times where he wouldn't even finish the show, <laughs> <laughs> and he would he'd be gone. You know what I mean? He wouldn't even stay in the full three hours or whatever or, or, or anything. He's just, "I'm out of here." Like, yeah, forget about long term. Yeah, he definitely. Seems like he's I, happy. I definitely think it's like you said, Aaron. I think he probably, you know, he got it out of his system. And he probably, I bet he walked into Sur- Survivor Series or Monday Night Raw after Survivor Series and was, oh, shit, what was I thinking? <laughs> I don't right. know. I just, but God bless him. I'm glad he's back. And like you know, that, glad he's back. There's that, being, there's, have you seen, did you see that meme where he's like looking off to like, he's got like a smirk on his face and his face is like looking off to the side and he's like, huh. They do have fans on the opposite side of the hard cam. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, they're making money, man. They're doing something right. And I don't want to I don't want to make this an AEW hate session either because it's not it's it has not always it's not what I want to say. It hasn't always been a product that I've thoroughly enjoyed, but I always want there to be options for the guys to work. I don't want it to fail. I just think that what they're doing is leading them to be to failure, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, guys are getting hurt way too often for you know because you know there's no like there's no like nobody to pull the reins back for you know what I mean. They can just do whatever the hell they want, you know, whether it's good for them or not good for them. They're just killing themselves, and now you're gonna lose. Now you're gonna lose Kenny for about a year, maybe, maybe even yeah. longer. I mean, so that's your, your one of your number one guys gone right there. Jericho's not going to be on top or be around all, you know what I mean, all the time. Probably, actually, Jericho will probably be back in WWE within the next year and a half. <laughs> yeah, probably. When he finishes out his career like everybody else does. Yeah, it's it just seems like it's a shit show over there, man. It's it's, it's disappointing, honestly. Because I'm like, I'm like I, wonder, I want there to be more options. I like, you know, mm-hmm. I like options. That's good. The only smart thing I've heard him talk about recently is the fact that they've had Daniel Bryan helping out, or Bryan Danielson, whatever you call him, helping out more. Like he's finally maybe taking advice from an actual guy that knows the wrestling business and a guy that people respect. You know what I mean? But yeah, I heard that too. It, it doesn't make it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me because like they'll have guys like well, Arn's gone now. They'll have like Jake Roberts or whoever managing these guys but having no creative input but then you're gonna fucking hire orange cassidy as an agent it's like why is <laughs> orange cassidy telling people how to put together a match and you got fucking jake roberts and arn anderson over there doing jack shit doesn't dean make malenko or dean malenko yeah it's like what the hell but whatever he said it's not an agent yeah, it's a circus Like I said, I'm hoping they can turn it around because like we were saying, their options are better for the workers and 
it's good to have competition. WWE is always at its best when it has competition, and and pretty much anybody is when you have <laughs> someone to compete with. What'll really blow my mind is if at some point in the next couple of years, AEW goes the way of the dodo, and fucking Impact is still in business after all know, these right? years. You cannot kill Impact, man. All these other promotions just come and go. <laughs> Impact is still plugging is it, along. Is it, aren't they going to like some subsidiary, like some? division of that endeavor company though that yeah endeavor is putting them, yes endeavor's putting them on a, on their streaming platform yeah i still can't i can't get impact <clears throat> i try every single week i spend about 45 minutes upstairs trying to figure out how to watch it <laughs> i think I you're eventually gonna be able to find I think you're eventually going to find it on Peacock because I think they're one step closer to getting Vince for getting TKO to buy them. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, right. I still got Peacock. We're though. over here. <laughs> I almost didn't know how I was even going to do the show with you guys tonight because for the last couple days, I didn't have Wi-Fi. And so I was just like, luckily, I mean, it, it just came on like today. And and it and it's it was odd because I haven't talked to anybody in like the last day and a half because I haven't had no reception, mm-hmm. no Wi-Fi, and then all of a sudden that in my blue, my mom just calls me tonight, and I'm like, oh my god, the phone rang, because <laughs> I was telling her I was like, dude, I got to do a show tonight, and I didn't think I was going to be able to do it because I didn't think I was going to be able to get you know to log on, mm-hmm. but sure enough, man, it came through at perfect timing. Well, like last I said, on it. Oh, go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say last thing. Um, I know Impact's become TNA again. The reason they're still around, honestly, is they decided a long, long time ago that you can't beat the WWE. So guess what? We're not even gonna try to. No. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're never gonna be able to compete with them. So let's just. Uh, Let's just cater to the audience that likes us and stick with them and just count the money that's in our little pie. You know what I mean? Like, like let's not let's not try to make the pie bigger. Let's just yeah eat from the trough we got. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what you know what I find mo- funny? I find um is uh, Bubba Ray is on busted open like pretty much three days a week, four days a week, right? Mm-hmm. He never puts over TNA. <laughs> And and like he works there, like he never talks about it. <laughs> like they pretty much cover every wrestling show of the week. You know, there's a, there's pretty much something going every week. I mean, every night of the week. And the next day on Busted Open, they'll talk about the show the night before. Never talk about Impact at all. <laughs> it's amazing. They talk about the independence more than they do about Impact. Dreamer's on there too, and he and he doesn't talk about Impact either. No. Uh, Dreamer talks about it more than Bubba does. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's not even saying much. I don't even know who's on Impact other than Bubba. Like, who well, are the, the top guys there? I don't, I have not watched Impact in 10 years. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I think the Why last time I, 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 think, I, honestly, the last time I watched any of it, like, with any consistency. Well, I guess technically I did watch a little bit of it during the pandemic, but 
watching it with any consistency, I haven't watched it since like Bischoff and Hogan and all them were there. The Aces Good and Eight stuff. Sa- yeah. Sa- I- Saban and Saban and Shelley are still there. Eric Young. That Josh. Same people that were guy. there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They got, like I said, they got their little crew. They got the guys they like. And they just, they're like, okay, we're going to be over here doing our thing. We want, we don't want to fuck with you, Vince, or like, we don't want to fuck with the WWE, whatever. We'll just, we'll just do our thing and then leave us alone. And that's what they do. And that's why I'm not saying they're they're the greatest company in the world or anything like that. But like I said, they just, or they don't have their faults. But I think that's a smart business model of let's not even try to compete with them. Let's just keep the people that like us happy and, that's what yeah like, I'd love to I'd love to yeah. watch it I never and, and right now I'm still trying to figure out how I'm gonna watch ring of honor what is that on I have no idea yeah <laughs> is it even on I oh, thought yeah, well, it's on fight oh for Christ's sake so it's not on so I gotta I gotta download an app <laughs> to, to even pretend to watch ring of honor I would have I would have loved for them to just to, to take um they got what AEW's got three shows? Yeah, Dynamite, yeah instead of having Collision? instead of having dark elevation the impact or whatever they fucking call it, just make it ring of honor. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought they were gonna do. Well, who knows? They still might do it, but I mean it, by then it'll be too late. Nobody's gonna care anyway. I don't know anybody that's in Ring of Honor. And then Although I did, even have and a then, network. And they might not even have a network in a year. Well, I was gonna say, and then when WWE buys eventually buys AEW, then they'll have they'll be able to buy all of the Ring of Honor shit without ever even having to buy, buy Ring of Honor. Tony Khan did the work for them. Yep. <laughs> and when everything gets liquidated. Yeah, that's going to be something, dude. You know, you know what's going to be a fire sale, probably. Who buy it for cheaper than they bought WCW? <laughs> oh my god! I, I, we should we could buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we should put our pennies together and fucking make make uh make an make an offer. We could run we could run Ring of Honor. <laughs> well, I'm wearing my Ring of Honor jacket right now, honestly. Speaking of speaking of now defunct wrestling promotions, the ECW episode we're discussing this week, March fifth, nineteen ninety six. Again, folks, we I wanted to do a little bit of talk about something else before we started in on this because, and it's not that this is a bad episode, it's not that this is a bad match, but it's a one match episode of the show. So, um, we start off the episode with a Brian Pillman segment. It's one of the classic ECW Brian Pillman segments. It's Brian Pillman with the big pencil. He's wrestling the pencil. He's always got to. What do you say? What was his line? He's always he's always in a fight with the pencil or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty classic. Talking about Booker Man. Yeah, Pillman Man. I I, see. I wasn't. I I didn't. I wasn't there for Pillman at all. So I never got a chance to meet him. I don't believe. Anyway, I was thinking like, I wonder if I met him, and I don't. I don't recall. Ever ever meeting him? I'm sure, you probably would have remembered meeting him. Exactly, because I know he, I know he would probably would have been a handful in the locker room as much as he is on the, you know, out in the ring. So I'm sure he would have been a handful backstage as well. 
I only the ever saw that he was, I, and the and the pencil that he was fighting was actually bigger than the actual pencil of WCW at the time, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> right. That was a pretty big pencil, though. I only left taller. I only saw Pillman wrestle. I only saw Pillman live in person one time. I saw him wrestle. Aaron and I actually went. We saw him wrestle. Crazy enough, we saw him wrestle at the Toledo Sports Arena in Toledo, Ohio. And three days later, he died. You killed him? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Coming to Toledo killed Brian Pillman. Sorry, Mr. Pillman. <laughs> you figured there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> but yeah, he, was, for me. Uh, he wrestled on a house show. I think he wrestled Gold Dust on the house show we went to. And then, yeah, three days later was the, uh, well, I guess, yeah, technically four days later was the No Mercy pay-per-view or whatever it was. Which one was it? Was it Hell in a Cell? Anyway. No, How did he like die? Uh, Do you know? He, OD, he OD'd, didn't he? Oh, no, he so didn't Classic drug-related. No, he, he didn't have... They thought it was. He had a heart attack. Hmm. So, like... I guess. Probably, right? Yeah, the enlarged heart thing. Probably from the from the gas. Yeah, but at the, like I said, it was kind of like an Eddie Guerrero-type situation where at the time he didn't really have anything in his system. It was just the abuse that he did to it. It just happened you know yeah that, that you know what it's funny that you, that you talk about that because that's kind of what 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 happened to renee renee had been renee had been sober for seven years but you know the 35 years of damage that she did to herself did the damage right eventually once the damage is done there's i mean yeah there's no reversing it you can you can live a little longer than you might have, but you, you've you've already shortened your life, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so the Pillman thing with the pencil, of course, classic segment. Anybody that's ever watched ECW or seen any documentaries about ECW has probably seen this segment. Um, Joey introduces the show. He talks to us about the big-ass extreme bash coming up. And then... We get to see the shit we saw from last week, which I know, Chad, you weren't here, but the, the stuff with Douglas was fine. But then when they get to Tommy Dreamer, I told Aaron it is like the worst community theater acting from Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, Dreamer's sad. <laughs> I can't even I can't even give another description of a word other than just sad. Like he's, he's like Nate he, said, he, he don't seem like he's alive. God. <laughs> Shane's like saying, like, I need to protect Beulah. I mean, Tommy wants me to protect Beulah and the baby, but Tommy keeps calling it his kid. It's like, it's not even born yet. Like, it's like, stop calling it a kid. Say baby. (laughs) Say baby. It's a baby. It's more sympathetic if you say baby. Yeah. He might as well just be saying, you got to protect Beulah and the fetus. Mm -hmm, The embryo. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Dreamers just, I mean, all, 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 all over the place. Sad, and it, it makes me mad too. Because I mean, like, as much as he's done in the business, I'm like, how does this guy get away with this? You know what I mean? Doing so much with nothing, with so little. He's not entertaining. He's not in any shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't. His promos are terrible. And he's the worst on Busted Open. 
God, I hate when he's on. I just, and I, I, <laughs> I've, I've always been like, I don't understand why that guy was so over with that crowd. I just never got the Tommy Dreamer thing, but we have many more years of watching him here in ECW as we go through the episodes. Um, Unfortunately. We then, after that, we get footage of Sandman caning some jobbers in the ring. More footage from Cyber Slam. And then we go into the match that is featured on this week's episode. And it is for the WCW, ECW World Television title. It is Two Cold Scorpio versus Sabu. And it's a really good fucking match. Yeah, decent, a lot of decent amount it. of time, too. They gave it time. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes on it. Um, so I just kind of had a couple questions. Like, um, neither one of you can answer or both of you can answer it. Is one, of the questions, Sabu, whatever, what, is one of the questions, what happened to the rest of Scorpio's trunks? Because when, <laughs> oh, he, wears them, when he wears them blowout tights, like the ones he had on in that match, he used to have a pair underneath of it. That you you couldn't you wouldn't see his legs or anything, and I'm like he never wore he never wore them in like ECW. Like whatever happened to the rest of your trunks, dude? Sold them probably. <laughs> but yeah. no, the question I had was: Is do you guys think Sabu in this form, if he would have went to like W not WCW because he did there for a little bit, but like this form of Sabu, do you think he would have worked in WWF? If if they would let him do his shit, that's the pro- that's probably the biggest problem, right? Letting him like do all that stuff. I can't that's see him gonna... wrestling like Dean Malenko. That's what I was gonna say is okay, so he goes if he if he goes to the WWF, it's nineteen ninety six. So sure we're not we're 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 moving away from the cartoony shit. We're headed toward the attitude era. But as far as Sabu's style goes, okay, so you get a good feud with Sabu and, and Mankind, right? Because Cactus is there at that point. Right. Who else? Who else is going to work? Who else on the WWF roster at that time is going to work his style with him, I guess? And I'm not poo-pooing your question, Aaron. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Right, right, other right. Than, other than just to look at the roster and go, who works with working with Sabu in the WWF at that time? You know? And and, a, and another problem is, at this time, around this time, ECW had a major drug problem in the locker room. You know, pretty much everybody. I mean, not me. You know what I mean? But you know, pretty much everybody else did. So I mean, that would have been another issue. If you know, him him trying to you know pass wellness policies and shit. That would have been that would have been an issue, but. But I mean, um, I'll let Aaron answer answer your question. But yeah, I don't know anybody that would have worked, that would even want to, you know. I know I only know two guys that I think would have been willing to do it, and actually made it work. I think it would have been Brett and Taker. I think Brett would have been willing to work with Sabu. Think Taker would maybe not maybe not like the barbed wire stuff or whatever, but like going through a table or. Doing like a chair thing, or I think Brett would have done it. I think Taker would have been down for it. I'd love to see him and Taker. Good lord! I guess I you, bet yeah. that would be ugly. 
I guess you could say Taker because Taker did work with with Foley a lot, a lot, and it worked well. Hey, but it was basically Foley. It was Foley doing all the big bumps. Right. (laughs) That would have had to been Sabu doing all the big bumps. Yeah, they weren't going to break tables and you know and you and do all that stuff. I mean, that just wasn't going to happen. So that, that version of Sabu would have just been like a, a total waste. I couldn't even see anybody being interested in him. You know, how do you tell him that? You know, what I'm saying well, we we have interest in bringing you in, but you can't you can't do all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we have a great gimmick, pal. We call it the Sultan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're gonna, Iron you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be with the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund. We could we couldn't get Eddie Farhat, your uncle, but we got you another Sheik. <laughs> That's the best thing about Backlund in that era. He like when he was doing the shit with Iron Sheik and the Sultan, he'd have the little clip-on sunglasses things that you clip on your glasses. <laughs> right. Uh, fucking classic. And they were I never and they were like never down. No, no, he didn't put him down. Always up. Bob Backlund. I'll never forget working that show with Backlund. Deal. That show that I worked with Backlund on it, and and he was something else, man. I really thought he, I thought he had the hots for me. (laughs) The way the way he was talking to me and stuff, and I was just like, dude, are you you fishing for something? (laughs) Because you know, I mean, put his arm around me and stuff, and. Like, I don't know about this, Mr. Backlund. I thought you were, you know, I know you were like a little goofy and all, but I didn't think you were that goofy. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's, my experience with him is he is just that, that's just who he is. Cause when I met him at a signing, I had him sign a, a magazine for me that had him and Patera on the cover when they were working together. And, uh, he, he, Aaron had to kind of pull me away from Backlund. Backlund wouldn't let me go. He was just yeah. kept talking and talking and talking. Never met the fucking guy in my life. Yeah, that's pretty much how it was with me. I'm like, I'm trying to get dressed to leave. And he's just like, I, I think he wanted me to ride with him. <laughs> I'm like, there's no chance, dude. Because I forgot who I was riding with, but I just knew there wasn't going to be a chance that I was riding anywhere with Mr. Backlund. I don't know where I would have ended up at. That'd be something else, Mister Fucking Backlund, dude. Go, go, fucking figure. He'd have had you running the steps at some empty, empty uh, football arena somewhere. And, and that, and that, using that wheel thing. Yeah, I tried that, dude. I couldn't, I couldn't do one. That thing is hard as shit to do, man. I like the Kevin Nash story about how he thought Backlund was fucking some broad all night long and. Yeah. Next door in the hotel, sit ups off the bed. <laughs> yeah, he was doing sit ups and fucking Hindu squats on the bed. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't uh, banging anybody. He was just exercising all night. <laughs> God love Mister Backlund, man. Yeah, Nash was like, I looked at this thing, like, who is in that room? God damn, again, and then he was like, Bob Backlund. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Nash's face. When he, when he found out that it was Backlund. <laughs> that, that would have been priceless, right? <laughs> Classic. Uh, and then the other question I had and, and is, is Sabu the first guy that 
because he's the first guy that I remember doing it that would sell um, the impact of the move on that he did to somebody on himself. Like his own stuff? Yeah. Pretty much. I don't remember anybody else doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I don't really recall anybody, at least to that degree, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, so a lot of guys, they did a big spot. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that. like, if every once in a while, maybe, like, you know, Dynamite would sell himself a little bit if he did a, a sick headbutt or something. But, yeah, to to constantly do it as part of your, as part of your repertoire, I think Sabu was the first. Because, yeah, Sabu, when a Sabu does does a move, a big move, he sells just as much as his opponent does. He, like, so, he, yeah, he, he, Rick, he Ricky Morton's himself. <laughs> he rolls around the ring and shit, <laughs> clutching himself. Like, he'd be like, why are you doing all this then? You hurt, you hurt. Like, you figure he'd do one of them big spots, like, in the corner where the guy, where he jumps off the chair into the corner and he hurts himself. Why wouldn't the guy just fall on top of him and pin him? <laughs> Like, you know, he pretty much beat himself. Yeah, he's a character, too. Sabu. That was just a weird... Yeah, think, that, that was a weird I era, think man, I think, ECW. I'm glad I, I was you're gone. right, though, Aaron. I think he's the... I think he's the one. He's the one that, you know... He, he's the one that did that. You know, I don't think anybody else did. To that to that extent. Like I said, you know, yeah. you you watch like I said, like I said, dynamite or once in a while, Benoit, you know, Benoit would do his his headbutt or some sharp, hard move, and he'd kind of sell that he had hurt himself also, but not near the level that Sabu did. Yeah, correct. Benoit would, yeah, definitely, especially the headbutt. Mm-hmm. He'd shake his head, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I could totally see that too. But it so was a good they, match, man. I mean, it gave him time. Yeah, and they, they, I don't know on the TV show. I mean, this this match went to a thirty minute draw on the TV show. They gave it at least nineteen to twenty one minutes, so they right. showed us most of the match. Um, yeah, because I remember when, like, when, did you hear when they announced that it was like what fifteen minutes left? Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, <laughs> they've been going that long. And what that's the only gripe one I fall have. 30? One fall 30 or what? Yeah. And that's the only gripe I have with it because especially in front of an audience like that, when you have the when you have the announced guy start saying how much time is left in the match, then everybody knows. Like, okay. Dude, I was like, so waiting. I was so waiting to hear like the groan. You know? Oh, there was a groan. <laughs> was there? I didn't yeah, notice it. The, yeah, yeah, I was so waiting to hear. Oh there was a, there was especially a groan. It wasn't so much at the 15 minute, but when that announcer went, um, there's five minutes left in the match, that crowd went, oh. <laughs> and then if they you notice, right? they were kind they they were still into it, but they weren't as into it because they were like, oh, you just you just fucking telegraphed it. You know what I mean? You it's like okay. It all. Yeah, now fucking know there ain't gonna be a change. There isn't gonna be a fuck finish. It's just gonna be a fucking time limit draw. So okay. Whatever. There's nothing wrestling fans in that fucking time frame hated more. A fucking time limit draw or a double disqualification. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, and especially that crowd, dude, man. God, dude. Yeah. I can't imagine why they did it that way. You know what I mean? What they what they expected. 
I mean, but they they tore the house down pretty much. So I mean, it could have been worse. Honestly, you know what I mean. The match could have been shitty, and then they still went to a draw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least they, they I just did think, some shit. I think they I think they would have got a better reaction at the end of the match from the crowd if they would have just not told people how much time was left in the match and just let the bell ring and then be like, oh, time correct. Limit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, right. People aren't paying attention and being like, oh, this thing's been going for 30 minutes. They're engrossed in it. You know what I mean? When you start telegraphing it, and then people are just like, well, all right. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking time limit draw. Yep. That's pretty much how it goes there, especially with them people, man. You know, we start, like you said, Aaron, telegraphing it. Oh, my God. You can just, you know, like I said, feel the rumble coming. Oh, no. They're going to they're gonna push this all the way to the end. Like, I would have loved to have seen, like, a finish come out of nowhere, but, you know, last 30 seconds, you know, you, you know they, that, that never happens, does it? Not that I recall off the top of my head anyway, but I guess they had to bring it back, right? Yeah, and that, you're right. That would be cool, though. Yeah, actually, that would be fun. Make the crowd think it's going to go to a time limit draw, and then, like you said, Chad, like, when they're counting down, like, 30 seconds left, and it's like one, two, three. Holy shit. <laughs> and the crowd would have not would have not expected it for one. <laughs> Especially once you start stooging it off like that. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. Actually, I have written down one of my notes is something about the time limit thing is the match is fantastic. Um, there's not a dead spot in the match. Of course, like I said, they probably edited about nine minutes out of it. So maybe there <laughs> the was only dead spot. something. <laughs> the only the only dead spot in the match is when Sabu goes to the head table and Joey Styles is like, oh, my God, he's dead. Yeah, oh, my God, he's dead. <laughs> that table went busted apart, didn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. Damn, a table went, a table shattered. I had never seen a table break like that. Like, it wasn't a clean break. It was all, it was all like, ragged and, you know what I mean, jagged and stuff like that. I was like, damn, boo. <laughs> How'd you do that shit? That probably hurt. It's kind of like that the the mind games match between Shawn Michaels and Foley when Foley like I've never seen anybody just go like through the center like through the center of the table and just put like a hole in the center of the table. But that's what right. Foley does at that mind game show. Um, but no, like what I wrote, in Mo- he was like that scene in Money Pit where they fall through the floor and yeah. they're stuck in the rug. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. But yeah, I wrote down the only thing that seemed clunky to me in the match was when they they start doing the time limit countdown thing. Like they say, you know, there's five minutes left, there's four minutes left. Scorpio, I think, made it, and I'm not a worker, so I I don't like to shit on anybody's work, and I'm not shitting on it, but he did too much stalling in the last five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Like setting up his spots. Yeah, that, or then he'd do the moonsault instead of trying to pin Sabu, he'd do the thing where he stands up and just starts laughing and shucking and jiving, and it's like, but now really, (laughs) shouldn't you be, you know, you can obviously hear the announcer saying, you've only got four minutes left, Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's a minor complaint, no big deal. Yeah, and then 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 he would hit a big spot, and he would just like get up on his knees, Yeah, and just kind of like sit there, like not even trying to go for a cover. Or nothing, just to just sit there, or you said stand up and just kind of like start chuckling, like go for the cover, man. At least try. 
<laughs> what do I but know? Yeah, the match, like we said, the match goes to a 30 minute time limit draw. Great match. Um, and again, they gave it a lot of time for TV, which I was happy with that. We got to see a lot of the match and then they showed us a clip, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> afterwards of the crowd giving Sabu a standing ovation at the ECW arena. Do you think that was natural? Or do you think the announcer said, can we get a standing ovation for Sabu? No, they would. They don't. They never did that. Okay. Just checking. Because <laughs> if they would have told the crowd to do it, they probably wouldn't have fucking yeah. shit on them. They would have fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, they would. Cups, they would have told cups me full to do of it. They piss. Have done it. Cups full of piss flying all over the arena. <laughs> that would have been great, though. <laughs> the crowd just started shitting on because they now that they. I've never, I've never heard them do that before. Not at least what I've been there. So, yeah, not, not that I like. Especially, you know, when you talk about, like, you know, it um the um the night line cross or whatever, or like the three way or whatever. Wasn't that like a fucking draw too? Yeah, or, yeah, they would an yeah. hour. An hour, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they've ever done that. But it was a good match, man. I mean, they did some stuff. You know, Scorpio hit a bunch of his stuff. Sabu hit a bunch of his stuff. But like, like we've been talking about, they just kind of like almost stooged it off. There was going to be a time limit draw from their their lack of pinfalls, and then the, the, the countdown of the clock. You know. They kind of stoozed everything off. Well, it was still a hell of a match, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, so now we kind of roll into the ending part of the show with our collection of promos and such. And that starts out with a Pitbulls promo. Oh, boy. Yeah. With the classic line. You know, uh, whatever we did to, to get it, just imagine what we'll do to keep them. Yeah, that's pretty original. <laughs> it's too bad they ain't with us anymore. <laughs> Rest in peace, Gary. <laughs> I'm sure he is napping right now. <laughs> Hell, for all we know, he could be dead by now. Just, nobody just knew about it yet. They already I, got out. I was gonna say I haven't been on the inter- I haven't been on the internet in a few hours. Could have happened. Yeah, I, I haven't had internet the last couple of days, so I ain't seen nothing either. So yeah, we better check on them after the show. Any any of our listeners out there have any any information on uh, if uh, Pipple um, Gary's still alive? Let us know. Or what Walmart he's working out. Aaron, your <laughs> Aaron, your thoughts on the promo? Nah, it is what it is. I mean, I don't think Pitbull Two should talk. <laughs> He's a scary fucking individual, but his voice doesn't match the like the look of him. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, he's a bad dude. And he looks like, and I know he's a bad dude. He looks like a bad dude, but it's kind of like, yeah, his voice just does. I, I think he should be a guy that just, I think he's better if he doesn't talk. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Yeah, just be the, just be the menacing guy in the background. Yeah. Yeah. 
just growl. Pretty much. Do the independent wrestling growl. Just let Gary Wolf cut a shitty. Yeah, just let Gary Wolf cut a shitty promo, and then you stand there and look imposing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cookie cutter. The gimmick. The the gimmick. Yeah, the gimmick they got going into this big ass extreme bash thing is that they were supposed to get two title shots, but they only need one because they want to end up fighting the Bruise Brothers because the Bruise Brothers turned on Tommy, so now they want to get revenge for Tommy. So that's the that's the gimmick going into the show. Oh, see, I didn't really catch that, honestly. But I did see where they showed the 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 brothers posting Tommy's balls gimmick. I did see that. I can't believe they were still there. Or, or were they gone by then, really? The Bruce Brothers? They were gone. They were gone, but then they came back and turned on Tommy, and now they're with Raven. But they didn't stick around long, long then, did they? I'm not sure how long they are after that, but, I mean, they're back with Vince by 97, so. It wasn't too much sure longer they were there then. Figure this is March. When was the show probably taped? What February? So yeah, the, uh, they weren't there that much longer. The next thing we see on the show, I actually laughed at something on this. It's With the it's, BWO? Steve, it's Stevie and Meanie, yeah, doing the doing the Fabs thing and they're strutting all that. Which whatever, I'm over that already. But I gotta admit, I did laugh at Blue Meanie saying "Dookie." That <laughs> did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and then he runs into the wall. I'm a fucking child. Like I said, Dookie. <laughs> fucking BWO. Well, yeah, how DW wants Bubba to teach Blue Meanie how to dance, and Steve wants yeah. DW into paying him for Bubba to teach. Blue Meanie had a dance. I can't believe the I can't believe DW was still there. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he was gone. There was a lot of guys that I couldn't believe had just uh, just still hanging around for whatever reason. I don't, you know, because I know I haven't done a show with you guys in a while, so I haven't really been watching it. But I'm like, these guys are still there. I watch some of this stuff that they do, some of this these things that they do, and like backstage or that they record backstage or that they record in the hotel rooms or whatever. And I think to myself, as crazy as it is, is this just crazy or is, is this cocaine fueled? Because some of this stuff is just like fucking wacky. Like (laughs) (laughs) cocaine or fucking somas. Yeah. There have to be drugs in that room. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of somas going on in that locker room, dude. That that I can tell you for sure. Then Baba and Meanie end up doing the the Marx Brothers mirror routine. Yeah, that was dumb. Fun. Yeah, that was stupid. Oh, Baba, good lord, he looks pretty good now. Never... Have you seen him? Have you seen him recently? Yeah, he's in good he, shape. He's in the best shape of his life, I think. Yeah, and he's pretty much my age. And he finally got himself together at fifty. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like me starting to go to the gym now. For for what? If I never see it, and if I if I never see a naked Brian Pillman sitting on a white leather couch again, I'll be happy. (laughs) 
I didn't realize he was naked at first. I, I thought I didn't really catch it. But then I'm like, yeah, he is fucking naked. <laughs> With his legs like, crossed. Why are you and naked? Shit. Why are you naked on a leather couch? I was, like, are, I, I was like, are they gonna start playing? Are they gonna start playing the crying game? What's going on here? <laughs> was that the end of it? You're a man. If you're a man, you never sit naked on anything leather. It's just not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> or vinyl. Yeah. I don't even think he put a towel down. Like <laughs> Yeah, I was just watching an episode of Three's Company the other day where they were playing strip poker. And Larry made a comment about, about uh next time we decide to play strip poker, Mr. Furley, can you not use vinyl chairs? <laughs> that, that's what that's what I thought of with Pillman sitting there on that on that sofa <laughs> naked. It's gonna make a funny sound when he gets up. Like his butt sticking to it. <laughs> Old sweaty butt. Like, it's gonna be like an outline. Just like his dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> like two half moons and a big line going down the middle. Hey, look, it's yeah. the loose look, it's the loose cannon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the loose stool cannon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was a, that was not that was not the greatest look for Pillman. No, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> I was like, this is my least favorite Brian Pillman promo ever. <laughs> it's awkward. I have to watch this shiny man on a shiny like, sofa naked. I was just gonna say that, Aaron. I don't I don't remember I couldn't remember a word he said either. <laughs> I don't know what you said, man. I'm distracted. <laughs> Naked man on the sofa. When you get up, it's gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only he would have gotten up <laughs> or repositioned himself, and you hear the butt coming off the seat. I wonder if anybody else noticed that. Was... that. <laughs> That's the only thing that made me believe this is actually probably his house. Because if he would have brought that up at any other dude's house, it would have been like, you want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> you are not. <laughs> you are not. Yeah. You are not putting your naked yam bag on my sofa. <laughs> my goddamn leather sofa. My expensive ass leather sofa. I don't even let the cat sit on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> sweaty ass. Yeah. Good night, Irene. Was that the end of the show? <laughs> yep. <laughs> to me, it was. I <laughs> they could have. They could have. They could have been showing me five for ten more minutes of Sabu and fucking Scorpio, and I wouldn't have remembered that because I oh couldn't God, get wow. the image of Pillman out of my mind. <laughs> Naked <laughs> on a leather sofa. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I'm yelling. At, I'm yelling at my phone. Why did I just go blind? <laughs> what are you doing, Pillman? <laughs> Nobody at my house, and then you guys—you hear me yelling up at the phone. Like you're naked on a leather sofa. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I wonder how the cameraman felt. Yeah, he's like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Knocks on his door. He's like, come on in. They're like, yeah, all right, well, welcome to my house. Okay. He's like, you could have at least put a sock on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, do you want me to give you a couple minutes to get ready or anything, Mr. Pillman? No, I'm ready. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll start when you're ready. <laughs> Classic. But was that the end of the show? That was the end of the show. They signed off with a naked Brian Pillman. Oh, you got JT, the Eliminators, then Taz and Bill Alfonso. But that was pretty much it. Yeah. Dude, I can't get enough. I, I cannot get enough of that when they total eliminated Francine. God damn. Did they kill her with that thing? Because she's small and you know and, and thin and frail enough as it was, but when they hit that on her, dude, and I, they replayed it, I'm just like, God, they murdered her with that total elimination, <laughs> man. Because I didn't like taking it. I can only imagine how it felt for her. They gave it to me. They, I mean, it, I didn't feel a thing, but I still, I wasn't looking forward to taking it. Put it that way. Right. Like, we were going over it and stuff. And I'm thinking like, oh, I got to take this goddamn finish. And like, they're, I know they're gonna murder me. But no, I didn't feel a thing. But you know, she had to have. <coughs> yeah, and it—I mean, like you said, it looks—it looks super effective because of her size compared to their size. And I'm sure they took it a little bit easy on her. But you have to make it look convincing. It's, it's not hard a big, to take it easy. Not, I mean, it's, it's not a yeah, yeah, it's not a big building. You know, it's and it's not an easy crowd to to pull the wool over their eyes. I mean, it's a it's a it's not that easy of a move to be, to take light. You know, I don't understand. Like, how, I don't. I mean, I probably if I did it enough, we're at a school and worked on it, probably. But yeah, off the top of my head, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to be a light finish. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. So overall, I actually gave this episode of the show. I gave this episode an A. I didn't give it an A plus because Brian Pillman was naked. <laughs> But as far as match, the match, obviously the match quality was, was, was a great match. So I can't complain about that. The promos were fine, but most of the, most of the show was the match and the match was great. So I had to give it an A. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with giving it a, a, a solid B plus easily. I'm, I'm a little rougher on it than you guys are, but still a B plus for me is pretty good. Considering what I usually give the stuff. What about you, Aaron? I give it a B for balls. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Brian's balls. We give it a we give it a T for taint. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a solid show. I I I enjoy. I mean, the match was the match spoke for itself. You know, that was that was just a good enough match right there. <laughs> Like I said, the match was great and everything, and the the most of the Pulp Fiction was entertaining. The other problem was maybe if they wouldn't have panned like up him, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. I don't know, but I'm just like I don't like this at all. What Pillman? Yeah, it's like I don't like it. That may have been the reason why I didn't give it an A. Happened to happen to even know that he was naked on a leather sofa. Like you said, it wasn't gonna be on my sofa either. Yeah, it's too dangerous. Like, what if he sneeze? Oh, yeah. What if you let one rip? Or you think it's? Yeah, or you think it's gonna be just a little, a little toot toot? It's just a little, <laughs> little scoop scoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
uh, have him get up and there'd be a little a little brown spot on the sofa. <laughs> oh, you sorry, guys. Over. <laughs> sorry about that. You see the cameraman come in with a rag. <laughs> He's like, don't worry. I was a fluffer. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, being a fluffer and being a fucking shit wiper upper are two different things. Kind of difference between that and a scat man. Is that a job now? Scat man, like a, like, like, like a gaffer, key grip, scat man. That's classic. Scat man. Time to go. Time to go. <laughs> they show all the credits right, at the end. Of- they showed the credit scat at the man. end of it. <laughs> was the scat man Rob Feinstein? Oh. Probably. <laughs> one, one of his boys. <laughs> Rob, we need somebody to clean up some fucking poopy. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Can you get one of your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>